Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. chapter 7. How's your week been as an apprentice of Jesus? Right? I mean, as an apprentice of Jesus, you know, it's, this is, I mean, thank God we have this. Right? Isn't that, isn't that great? Uh, I mean, my goodness, the, the, the blessing that it is to have the Word of God that we can access in any number of ways. I mean, digitally, like right here, we have a paper Bible. I mean, we have access to this. I mean, there there has never been a time in history that it has probably been more accessible to be an apprentice of Jesus. Okay, I mean, um, th- yeah, there's a really fascinating story of a couple of ladies, um, and they were in Iran, and they decided they wanted to start giving out kind of subversively like giving out Bibles to people that they would meet, okay? And what was fascinating is they actually gave out so many that the government found out about them. Like the government actually thought it was a larger group because there was, like this was happening so pervasively. Well, they found these two young ladies and they imprisoned them, okay? And they they were in prison for a number of years and obviously they did not allow them to have the word of God And one of the things that they did together was they would just kind of together compile the word of God by what they remembered in his word every single day. Okay, so every day they were just like, hey, tell me a story you remember. Okay, that was what they were doing. And I mean, can you imagine? I mean, that's the, the, that's laborious. I mean, that's really having to work hard to be an apprentice of Jesus in any and every circumstance. But I wonder sometimes we have it so, like it's very, I mean, we're comfortable, right? We have tons of Bibles, we have tons of access to Bibles, and we honestly have more time than ever to be in our Word. And so that's why I ask the question, how has this week been as an apprentice of Jesus? As we've gone in, and we're going to be reading here in Matthew chapter 7 in a second, but again, we're not pulling this chapter just out of the air, okay? I mean, we've, we've in consecutive weeks, um, gone through this, what is called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 and Matthew 6 and Matthew 7. And keep in mind, when Matthew wrote this, this was by design that these teachings were put together, okay? This was, this was not haphazard. He didn't just, like, try to do, a, like, the greatest hints of Jesus, okay? This was meant to be written and is meant to be read in the fashion that it's written right here. The the exciting thing uh, that we've looked at is 
uh, that we've been talking about and we, we've, you know, have this roadmap that we've looked at for quite some time, I think eight, nine, ten weeks now. This idea of, man, can you imagine Jesus coming in the flesh, coming in front of you, maybe your family or a group or something like that, saying, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Okay, I mean, how amazing that would be for the king of the universe, the not, not just a guy that knows something about religion, okay, that Jesus himself, he, the, the inventor of all things, the that the, the Bible teaches that the universe is held together by Jesus, okay? And he comes and he says, listen, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. It's, it's, very, it's very simple. Like, it's the decision to go, that's the man I will follow. Like, I'm going to trust him above everything else I can possibly think of. And we have this great calling, and he gave us this great commission of, you're going to do what I do. When he said, go and, and I'll make you fishers of men, He's essentially saying, you're going to do exactly what I do on this earth, and you're going to go and make disciples, and in between those teachings, we have this great commandment, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, and those are phenomenal. I mean, those are kind of what we've been looking at, but the question is, okay, well, what does that look like, though? I mean, it's fantastic to know the verses, but what is it supposed to look like? And so, this great calling and this great commission and this great commandment, okay? And he's given us this really great curriculum, for lack of a better term, Jesus the King himself is saying, I'm going to give you, I'm going to put flesh on the skeleton here so you understand what I'm talking about when I say love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. He, he brings it out in this amazing section of teaching right here, okay? Because again, when he says love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that isn't just an emotional feeling that we have. It's an actual, it's, it's how we live. It's loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's honoring us saying, that's who I'm following. Like, that's who I trust right there, okay? And so here's the crazy thing, and I'm not sure if anybody else has felt this before, okay? But this should, what, okay, there should be a point in his teaching, we go, this is absolutely impossible to do this. In fact, almost not fair. Right? Because he's asking me and he's asking you to do things that are completely against what we have trained ourselves and learned to do since we were tiny, since we were little. Right? He's talked to us about our anger. He's talked to us about our honesty. He's talked to us about like how we talk to people. He's talked to us about sexuality. He's talked to us about everything that we've decided on our own can't ever be changed. Right? He, he begins in that. And, and can you imagine the audacity of Jesus when, when, when you know, here's the crazy thing. You go, oh, that's the guy I'm following. And he goes, okay, here's the deal is deal with your anger. Like, remember in Matthew 5, you've heard it said, don't murder. I say, don't even be angry at your brother. Okay? See, when we're not apprentices, you know what we think? Man, that's a really cool teaching and it's really hard. And we say things like, that's really challenging. But when you look at it, we say, hold on a minute. When I begin practicing that, I'm like, oh my goodness, I am so wretched. 
when this begins, like when I try to practice this, I'm going, oh my goodness, like how second nature is it to be angry and to name call and to not be honest and to be lustful and all of these different things. And, and hopefully, if you haven't got to that place where you thought, this is too hard, I'm going to ask you to ask yourself that have I tried practicing this? Have I attempted to be an apprentice of Jesus? Have I attempted to start my day out and live my life in this way? And when he teaches how to pray and how to give and how to fast, when he, when he is, has the disconnectedness to say, don't worry. <laughs> right? In, in, the, in, the, in the kingdom outpost that is here, right here, right now, the, the group of people that have come together, born again, into Jesus Christ and saying, I'm following him and I am trying and, and knowing that he's transforming me into a fisher of men, okay? In that community, this is where there should be some conversation, at least at times, of going, dude, can you, how do you do this? This is so hard. Or, or do we go, he's just disconnected. He, he doesn't understand. You, you can't not worry. You, you can't have no anxiety. Because as we read this, we're like, we're maybe not totally convinced that he actually is the king we think he is. And maybe we're just not totally convinced all the time that the Holy Spirit living inside of us actually is transformative and powerful to change what we think is natural into something supernatural. Okay? And so we go into Matthew 7, and, 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 and this is really difficult, okay, for me, because, boy, this is so easy to want to overteach this section. Let me just go ahead and read it. We're going to do these 12 verses, and typically speaking... These 12 verses, like, I could just, again, I'll share uh, from my perspective as a preacher and as a church leader, as well as friends of mine who do the same thing, we tend to segment this section up into a few different segments, and we're going to find, I think, that it is not meant to be segmented up, okay? So, let me start in verse 1. Don't judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and look, there's a log in your eye. Hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Don't give what is holy to dogs, or toss your pearls before pigs, or they'll trample them with their feet, and then they'll turn and tear you to pieces. Keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. What man among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. This is the law and the prophets. 
Okay? And so, right there, verse 1, don't judge so that you won't be judged. What does over-teaching seem like? That, that's, a, that's a word right there that we're like, well, do, do we need to talk about all the different ways that the word judged is used in the Bible? Do, do we need to do a whole lesson on all the different things that this is and this isn't and all that kind of stuff? But it's interesting, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus said, don't judge so that you won't be judged. Like, that's what our king is telling us. That's, I, listen, I, that's, no, no, that's not Keith notes even. Don't judge so that you won't be judged. This is something so epidemic in humanity, in me and you, that, that everything inside of us wants to go, but what does that word actually mean? Like, I want to know, so maybe I can find a way around it. Or something that's so natural to us. Is this too difficult, okay? So let's break this down just a little bit. Don't judge so that you won't be judged, okay? Here's where I will tell us to, like, keep in mind to what the text is saying. This isn't a way out of judgment. This isn't a way out, okay? What do I mean by that? It's going, man, I'm going to make sure I don't ever make a judgment or judge in any way because then that means I won't ever be judged, okay? They wouldn't have heard that. Thank you. Yes, right. They would not have heard that, okay? <laughs> so just, uh, and, and again, I'm kind of sharing the best hits of what I've thought through this, what I have tried to, like, conform to me, and I've thought that before. With the judgment you used, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured you. I thought, well, that's great. Then I guess it's up to me. Like, if I'm, like, super lenient with everything, then I'm going to be super lenient back. This is like a win-win. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but don't notice the log in your own eye? There's a lot. Here, here's the interesting part of this passage. And again, I want us to just picture sitting at the feet of Jesus and hearing this. And then afterwards, this is what most likely would have happened and should happen, I think, is people go back to their homes, okay? And they kind of gather around and they're talking about that. And they're going, man, what on earth? Like, this is meant to be prayed about and discussed and, 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 and challenged, okay? But what I found is, is that I keep reading this to kind of find a way how, uh, like, like out of me not having to judge people. Okay? Don't judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, you'll be judged with. The measure you use will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but don't notice the log in your own eye? How can you say, let me take that speck out of your eye? When I have a log in my own eye, first take the log out, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Listen, let this teaching just kind of like settle in just a little bit, because this quite possibly may be one of the most important community passages that Jesus is teaching about right here. All right, of togetherness, of groups coming together, all right? Pay attention to the thoughts that come into your mind, okay? 
pay attention to the idea of maybe you're going, yeah, you know what? There are people here that need to stop judging. Like, or, you know, the idea of going, man, but if, like, what is this, just a free-for-all? Like, like, is nobody, like, what just happens? Like, everything goes? Don't judge so you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, it will be judged. For you and the measure you use will be used for you, okay? This is describing something, and we're going to dig into it just a little bit, of just even how communities come together to work. But I want you to just think about this, is would you consider yourself somebody who is a judgmental person? Like, like think through it. You don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to raise your hand. I've, I've, I've gone through this passage, I mean, for decades. And I can tell you what I fall on mostly is going, oh, but here's the great thing. I want to really work hard at taking the log out of my eye because then I can go and help my brother. Okay? And amen. That's a part of it. But it's not the part right now that, that me and you need to be most concerned with. Okay? It's, that's not the part that we need to be most concerned with. Okay? Let's look at this for a second. Let's look at this anatomy of condemnation. Okay, and that's really this word, okay? Let me just give it to you straight here. Is the Greek word is simply like that. It's condemnation, pronouncing guilt, blame, or judicial judgment. And in most cases, unfairly. Okay. So what's this anatomy? What's the anatomy of this? When he says, hey, don't do this. It's really a couple things Jesus has already talked to us about. Is our own anger. Somebody hasn't done what I've wanted them to do. Or somebody's done something maybe deplorable. Or somebody's done something, you know, rude. Or somebody's done something that I'm like, hey, this, is, this just isn't right, okay? But here's the amazing thing is, is this teaching is, is like saturated in this idea of God and Jesus saying, my, my people are going to be a people that have dealt with their anger. Okay, the, the other aspect that makes this, if we were to rip this word open and start looking at all of the insides of this word is anger, is contempt. I just don't like people. Or maybe it's this. I don't like people that don't do what I want them to do. I don't like people not behaving the way I think they should behave. I don't like people who do those things. Okay. That sometimes it's so, listen, here, here's why, right? If we fast forward to the end of this, um, the practicality is this is, this requires prayerful and thoughtful examination of ourselves, like honest evaluation, because it's very easy over time to make things seem very spiritual that really can come across as, I just don't like people. I, I can come across as zealous for God, 
And there could be a root in there. Now, understand something. You can come across as zealous for God and be completely righteous as well. But the, the examination aspect of this, this is the part where he says, listen, this judgment you use, this measure you use, like, like we're being called to examine like how we think about things. And this measure and this judgment. Okay? And going, man, do I just not like people? Or maybe there's just certain people I don't like. You know? Uh, really, this is what happens. And, and when a kingdom community comes together and isn't, and it just looks at something like that and teaches it away as something that can just be like, hey, no, this isn't this. Listen, this is a huge, huge epidemic of humanity. Because again, it's, it's, it's everybody, all right? Even if you consider yourself like, I'm glad I'm not one of the judgmental people. Like you've entered the club. You've just come in a different door, okay? That, that's why the examination is so crucial because we can listen to this and go, man, you know what? I, Keith, I'm with you. I'm so glad. Finally, we're talking about judgmentalism. That, that's what this church needs. Oh, my golly. I can't. Oh, my goodness. The wow. judgmentalism. My, yes, please. More. And I would just say examine. Like, listen. Amen. If you, maybe you've reached that level of maturity. I, I don't know. But he's, as he's saying this, he's going, man, uh, we have to deal with our own contempt for humans and for people who we don't like. And for people who we do like, this is why it's so important. You, you notice, like, the apostles write oftentimes, and Jesus teaches about this as well. This is why favoritism doesn't fly in the church. Okay? Because it's like, man, it's not that I'm going to be contemptible to some people. I'm just going to overly like other people. It's like a completely manipulative way to be judgmental. Okay? Is, man, I'm not going to get down on people. I'm just going to get super high on other people. Okay? Listen, there's a whole lot of angles from this, and there's no way in one period of, of, of one talk that we could exhaust all of this, okay? But I think we have to open this up and look at, like, how much is my inner guilt, like pronouncing of guilt or blame or condemnation or judicial judgment have to do with my own sense of wanting to be in control? Right. Why is this so important in a community, particularly a kingdom community? All right? If, in fact, we are people coming to Jesus who are broken and hurt and struck, I mean, just trying to, we have, listen, not a soul of us, we didn't do life right before we came into the kingdom. We, we didn't know how to do it. We were broken by the world. It doesn't matter how successful we even looked, Okay? But we were broken coming into the kingdom. If that's the truth, then the kingdom community is going to be a people of varying degrees of health. Some are going to be on the mountaintop. Some are going to be in the valley. Some are going to be anywhere in between. There's going to be people who are just learning. There's going to be all of these things. The, the community is ripe for judgment. Like, what's wrong with so-and-so, man? Now, now here's the... Here's why this is important. Here's where we get in trouble. Because what's beautiful about Jesus' teachings is he gives plenty of teachings on the idea that we actually have to 
judge and make judgments and all these things, okay? But it seems the core of what he's saying here is making a condemnation, a judgment, in a way where we can't possibly even know all of the information required to even come to an answer. Like, I can't possibly know. I can't, I can't come down and make a judgment. I'm going to use Byron as an example because he's sitting right in front of me, okay? There's no reason other than that, okay? But to go, this is what's wrong with Byron. There's too much about Byron I don't know. Okay? This is the idea why the anatomy of condemnation, that word omniscience. See, the problem here is, is we have to put ourselves in a position to know everything. Right? And, and, and so it can be that idea of going, man, do, do you know everything? Do you really know why? So-and-so is a certain way. Do you know everything about that? Right. Okay? And again, th this will stir up different things with different, different people here. It will stir up different things. And here's what I would say is, is like, that's good. Allow the stirring to happen. Allow there to be a little bit of like, I don't know if I'm really down with what he's saying. Uh, allow that to happen, okay? Uh, allow the teaching to like sit in there to go, man, really? Sometimes it's got to sink down and percolate until maybe it hits something. Go, yeah, you know what, man? This is why I need to be an apprentice of Jesus because he is so good at this, at not doing this, Okay? In this anatomy of kind of knowing and making a judgment, what's wrong with Byron? What's wrong with Royce? Okay. The anatomy of this, there's a self-righteousness of I wouldn't be that way if I was there. You see how like these silent ideas can just eat away at the fabric of who we are as disciples? Because we, we truly do live in a time, okay, where it's almost seen as if you can be the person that knows what everybody's problem is, then it's almost seen as like you could almost you could have your own YouTube channel, you could have your own following, you could you could have all like people want to know what's what's the problem with our president? What's the problem with our congressman? What's the problem with my professor? What's the problem with my parents? What's the problem with my these people at my school? What's their problem? And, and there's kind of a thing of somehow we feel better about ourselves if we can identify what that is. So here's the crazy thing is, and this is the heart of this teaching, this requires a counterattack. This requires a counterattack. Okay, this is what ends up happening. Don't judge so that you won't be judged. That's just the nature of it. All right? There's a judgment. There's a condemnation. There's an or, or, a, or a, 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 a claiming of guilt or something like that. And, and what's usually the person's response to that? It's the same thing back. Now, you know what your problem is? Right? It's, it's a cycle. Jesus is teaching us about this cycle. 
And this is what's so deadly in a community is because it begins a cycle. And it begins a cycle of going, okay, whether whoever I am in this cycle, it's like it keeps going back. But you know what his problem is? And well, you know why they said that? Because this is their problem. And this is why they do that because they're just not in the Bible. But well, you know why he said that? Because he's just a big jerk, you know? And listen, here's the crazy thing is, this isn't happening face to face. This is happening all behind the scenes all the time. This is happening in our social media. This is, this is what's happening is, is the conversations are going, and instead of going face to face, they're going brother to sister and vice versa and spouses and all that kind of stuff. Is there's that idea of why this is so difficult is who's going to be the one to break the cycle? Don't judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, we measure to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but don't notice the log in your own eye? That's the call right there. It's a thoughtful examination of what makes me tick. But even more specifically than this, and this is what I find happens as I've gotten older and gotten older in the faith, is we start to lose sight of who our old self was. Like, what made old Keith tick? Right? For 23 years of my life, like, that was what old Keith knew. And what's crazy about this is, like, 27 years later, the tendencies and the temptations and the ways of thinking and all that kind of stuff are, are still there. They're still under the surface. They're still, like, thankfully, not, like, just coming directly back to life. But old Keith had some very specific ways of dealing with life and dealing with people. Right? And dealing with relationships and all that kind of stuff. And I wonder, do you remember old self? You insert your own your name. Like, what was that? Well, how did that person interact with the world? How did that person do those things? Like having an idea of going, oh man, this is. And, and again, not so I can just go and begin necessarily helping or, or ridding other people of their issues or something like that. But this is so important because here, here's my, my fear. It's, this may be something that has been forgotten or, again, maybe you tried to come into the kingdom and you never were lost. You never came in touch. You didn't realize what your old self was. You know, we, we do live in a time where it's like, man, don't make me feel bad and don't make me think I'm bad and don't do I. Let me just become a Christian. Let me just be saved without being lost. And so we're totally disconnected with what did worldly Keith think? What did worldly Royce and Ben and what did, what did we think? Don't. Don't judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, you'll be judged. With the measure you use, we measure to you. Why do you look at this speck in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log in your eye? How can you say, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and look, there's a log in your eye. Hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You know, Jesus' assumption here is, is what clearly means is like he would do it. That we would see clearly.
clearly, like, there's something about what he's teaching us right here that digs into not just the negative qualities of contempt, but the positive qualities of who Jesus is. Right? The patience and the gentleness and the kindness. Right? It's interesting. Uh, everybody has this in their home. Uh, if, if you're married, you have this in your home. If you're not married, you will have this in your home one day. 1 Corinthians 13, and it's some little old lady, she crocheted it for you probably, okay? You're going to get that gift, okay? And it's 1 Corinthians 13, and then we put it up on our wall, and it's kind of like we forget about it, okay? But here's the interesting thing is, is as he's talking about love, this is the interesting thing about it is... Uh, this quality, love is patient and kind. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, <coughs> believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Okay. There's this idea of patience <coughs> and kindness, and until I have information, let me, let me think maybe the best. It's interesting. There's a lot of cross scriptures that come into this. They'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another. And I start, I start thinking to myself, wow, okay, well, that, that really says a lot. It's a different community to come in and to know that you mean, you mean when people love each other, they think the best of each other first. Does that mean that nobody does anything wrong? No, no, it doesn't. That's what love does. And the patience and the kindness. That's very different. That's very different in this community, right? He says this, though. He says, don't give what is holy to dogs or toss your pearls before pigs or they'll trample them with their feet, turn and tear you to pieces. This is usually where we like jettison the previous teaching. Like, we're like, oh, man, Matthew kind of had a hiccup. Like, he had a section he wanted to put in, didn't know where to put it. Okay. But here's the interesting thing, and in, in, in just paying attention to who we are as people, right, is he's talking about, hey, don't, don't judge others. Don't condemn, like, you don't use the actual word condemn, you know, pronounce guilt or blame. Okay, hey, don't do those things. But he also paints this picture of a community of people that maybe want to help each other, but they're unaware of their own need, and they're unaware of their own sinfulness, and they're unaware of all of these things. And so there's this picture of Jesus painting of an unaware community, okay? And then he says this, he says, well, hey, here's the deal is, is don't give what is holy to dogs or throw your pearls to the swine. And, and here's what's crazy is, is, is this is not meant to call people names. Okay, Jesus didn't do a teaching on not being judgmental and then throws in something at the end that's totally judgmental. Okay, that's not what he's doing. But here's an unaware people. He's saying, here's the deal is, is that, is that uh, an unaware people, oftentimes you try to give to others things that aren't even helpful for them at the time. You're unaware. We're a, when, when, when we are blinded by our own contempt and our own self-righteousness and our own anger, we're blinded by, 
being an apprentice of Jesus and not being humble and all that kind of stuff is we may go, I want to help people. Right? But he says, here's the thing about this is don't throw things that maybe that person, see, here's the crazy thing is, is don't, don't give what is holy to dogs or pearls to swine. Neither of those are helpful to the dog or the swine. You're unaware. Like if your view is, I want to help. And so this is how crazy it is. I'm just going to kind of give away stuff because I know it's good. And so if I'm giving away good stuff, it's your problem if you haven't figured it out. He's got, like, there needs to be some awareness here. Okay? It isn't, hey, you have good things, don't throw them to people who we can now call dogs and swine. He's describing a community of unaware people that are making judgments, that are contemptible, that are, are blaming that are judging, that are all of these things, and in their attempt to help, can't help, because they're unaware of themselves, and then when there's things that are good, they're giving them without having any idea of what actually could be helpful. He says, don't do that. Unfortunately, I feel like that's going to be a really hard sell. Because they're like, but man, Keith, I kind of like... Listen, I'm just going to tell you, okay, let me just, I, there is something utterly sinful, but the number of times that I have found rest and pleasure in knowing or even giving the, the idea to somebody of going, hey, you know what, man, that, you, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have given scripture to that guy, man, he's, that, nah, he's a dog, he's a swine, you don't give, nah, those people don't get scripture. And felt justified, felt spiritual, felt righteous, okay? Can you think of anything more opposed to the teachings of Jesus than him going, listen, you don't, certain people don't get scripture. Certain people don't get, no, 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 no. Of course that's not what he's teaching. But he's saying when we are unaware and in our unawareness, we are going to be judgmental. We are going to rush to judgment. We are, in our unawareness, we're doing things that aren't beneficial in any way, shape, or form. And he says, so do this. Keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be open to you. Is there a greater statement of apprenticeship in Jesus than that right there? Like, okay, that's great. I don't know what to do. Because here's the interesting thing. We truly are in a spiritual battle. Okay? It does nobody any good to go, listen, man, whatever everybody's doing, it's all okay. Everybody's got a story. There's no problem. Don't worry about it. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. But in a spiritual battle, it is complicated, especially when the, the one you're battling knows exactly how to twist this. And so there's going to be complicated situations. There's going to be situations when, when you have a community that is close, intertwined together. There are going to be some things that brothers and sisters do. And you're going to go, here's the deal. Something isn't right here. 
And, 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 and here, let me just say, first instinct, okay? L listen, sin is sin. There, there is no soft peddling that in any way. But I'm telling you as far as human beings go, the first instinct of going, this is complicated. I'm not sure I know everything about this to make a judgment. Keep asking, keep searching, keep knocking. Like again, Jesus as a speaking to apprentices of going, man, just keep coming to me and keep coming to my word and keep coming not just alone, but together. But on a side note, right? Just kind of like parallel thinking here. This isn't a bad way to approach other people. I don't know if that's what he meant in this section, but that's not bad if you don't have all the information. Ask. Can you imagine asking in a way that you haven't already formed a judgment? Searching, knocking. I can't talk to me about this. Why this is so important, like, from one to another, why that's important is because once you get into a cycle where you feel like, no, man, they're, they're already judging me, and then I'm back judging them, and they're judging me, and I'm judging them. You know what's interesting? You know what gets lost in that? Actual repentance of sin. Like, that's what gets lost. It becomes about this fight between people, all right? And so the, the one who wants to break the cycle is going to go, hey, what if I just made this uh, a way? If I don't know, right, this is great. He's saying, man, in fact, he's giving us examples. He's like, you really, Jesus, like, you really think you can ask me and I wouldn't give you something good? Not, it's not a material thing, okay? He's like, no, no, no. He's talking about this relationally. It's this, you mean that you could ask me and search my word and search and knock and you could keep doing that and I'm actually going to not give you wisdom about this? asking, keep searching, keep knocking. This is, this is great relationally. But if you want to summarize this entire thing, he waits until this last verse at the end. This is the summary, okay? As we look at it and go, how on earth do you do this? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. There's, this is what's called like the golden rule. Do to others what you would want them to do to you. Right? I've heard people like, like change this a little bit or even describe ourselves as wanting to change it a little bit. I've heard it called the silver rule where we look at it from a negative. This is not right, okay? But oftentimes we do, don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. Okay? No, that's not what it's saying. This is actually like a, a, a positive, active thing. Like whatever you want others to do to you. Okay, so here's the deal is, in our spiritual lives, however you want somebody to approach me, it, it was me or it's you, do you want there to be examination and relationship based on 
non-judgment. Would you like that? I would like that. Before there was a before there was like you know whatever the judgment was pronounced, would you love that for people to go? You know what? Let me give the benefit of the doubt first. Let me believe the best first. Like let me think about that first. Let me love first. Like let me inquire first. To me, this is what binds all other 11 verses together is simply that because here's what's interesting and this is why this passage is so right for misuse underuse whatever it is is because Jesus is calling us to be in a community together Okay, that's why I take, listen, if you want to come and bebop in and out and never be kind of committed and you're kind of like, I'm not going to be relationally committed, all that kind of stuff, listen, you go take the easy way. Right? Jesus is saying, no, the messy way, the difficult way is that people are going to come together and we're going to see all the junk and all the problems and the mountaintops and the valleys and all of those things. And sin is going to be dealt with. And there is going to be correction. And there is going to be teaching. And there is going to be admonishment. And there is going to be encouragement. And there's going to be all of those things. But it's going to be a people who, who submit themselves to the king's way of doing it. When I began paying more attention to this quality in myself. I was stunned at how often this came up in a normal day. How automatic it was to come up. How automatic it was. Like, how automatic it was to hear something, to see something, to and go, oh man, that, boom. Transition immediately into that's a problem. I know what that problem is. Now the problem has to be fixed. Now, right, I get this cycle. Here's the interesting thing is as I examine this in my own life, I see how much joy and kindness is stolen when this is what's normal. And so I could find myself, any one of us could find ourselves in a few places. You may be more geared towards like for me, okay, which my personality type is, let's find the problem and let's fix the problem. Like, let's not candy coat it. Okay, let's not be naive. This is me, okay? Like, let's not be naive. Let's not, two and two is four, okay? Like, like if people are behaving a certain way, listen, it's this. All right, I've been around long enough. Certain things happen. I have an idea of what it is, okay? Like, you, you may fit into that, and this may be a much easier application for you to go, dang, I, I, I'm like that. Like, I trust my instinct, right? But one of the things that is a, like, I think in many cases a strength is I'm fairly perceptive. Like, I can go, no, nah, man, I picked up on something. I saw the way Mike laughed right there. I know what he's thinking. I know what he's thinking. 
I'm perceptive. That there's assignment, and, and I can be right oftentimes, but here's the deal. My perception is not loyal. It doesn't matter if I'm right. That's the thing about it here is it doesn't matter. It's not this idea of don't judge unless you're right. Okay? It, it's, it's that idea of going, hold up a minute, man. That's me. You, you may sit in a different seat where you're like, man, you know what, Keith, I'm glad you said that because that's why I don't like leaders. I don't like people who think they know it. I don't like, you know, that. They're, you see, they're the problem. Y'all are the problem. Y'all think you know everything, and, and that may be where you're sitting right now. Because that's what self-righteousness does, right? It, it makes us feel like we've achieved something, and, and you've gone, man, Keith, you, you just admitted to some things, and you don't even know how bad you are. Maybe that's where you're sitting. And, and maybe it's not about me. Maybe it's just about things in general, like people in general. Right? But you go, man, I'm glad I'm not judgmental. I really don't judge people. I, I, whatever, you know, is might be sneaky. Might, might be sneaky in here. And again, knowing the information doesn't mean we do it. Right. You may be sitting anywhere in between those as well. You know, and, and here's what's interesting about this is on a larger glaring scale, do you want to know where the breakdown is and it's most easily done is, is generational judging. The generation gap. This has been accepted for since we've invented generations, I think. <laughs> you know? Young people, I'm not going to listen to old people. Old people, man, young people are dumb. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that when I was your age. I mean, listen, I'm getting to that age. What kind of music is my child listening to? You know, like my mom said that about Huey Lewis in the news. Gracious, man. I'm like, oh, goodness. How easily I become judgmental. And I forget. And I completely stop being an apprentice of Jesus. That he, You mean that the spirit of Jesus can be in a millennial? <laughs> As long as they remain silent. <laughs> okay? This is where we get messy, okay? Listen, you know, it's like you get old, we get, look, I get, I'm becoming like just the curmudgeon, man. But here's the thing is, young bucks, okay? It is, is we, we begin, this is where it's so pervasive. Because, God, see, that's what's wrong. That dude, that's who's wrong. Right? So where will this take you? Where will this passage take you, I wonder? I wonder. I wonder how the Holy Spirit, I wonder, like all I know is all of the mental gymnastics that go through my mind to make Keith stay Keith. And going, you mean you actually can have a community that conforms to this? You, you mean, we could have said that about every one of these teachings. You mean you can actually, this can happen? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do the same for them. All right, what, what's the takeaway from this? A thoughtful, prayerful, honest, 
I think not alone examination of who we are. I mean that by not alone. I mean like not alone, like other people being involved in it. Going, man, you know what? Um, I think there's that examination. I think this is calling for the humility. Why be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry? Why is that a good thing? Because it starts this process of going, hold up a minute, I may not know everything. This is going to call us to more silence, I think. I think this is going to call us to thoughtful prayer. I think, I think this is going to call us to more compassion. I, I think this is going to call us to understand that there is that, that there is a lot going on in our world. I think this will call us, quite honestly, again, to asking more questions. I think it's going to call us to rethink how we think. I hope it does. I hope this does. Because we're going to get into the last section of this chapter. And um, man, you know, this, this teaching of Jesus is absolutely phenomenal. He's going to finish up with a home run. Okay. But remember, just like I started out, how was our week as apprentices of Jesus? Let's consider that going into this week. How will our week be? We're sitting at the feet of Jesus, and he were to go, listen, I'm going to, let me just give you 12 verses. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. I'll transform you. I think finally this is probably going to call us to confession. I think this is going to call us to that as well. Let's, let's, let's just land the plane right there. We're going to pray. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.